This is Bro Storm Sports with Sasha Bushka. I don't believe in NFL players having kids during the season. And his brother Scott. I would love to see the two of them headbutt each other and crush beers. See if we can do it faster. And don't forget about intern P. It was probably one of the most goofy things I've ever seen in my life. Like, follow, share, subscribe. And hopefully we don't look like too big a dumbasses while we do this. Super Bowl 58 is in the books, and the Kansas City Chiefs are your Super Bowl champions once again. I'm your host, Sasha Bushka, joined by my brother, Scott Bushka, and intern P. Fellas, how about that game last night? Two in a row, man. Three in five years. Starting to feel guilty about Uh, it, if you're a Chiefs fan. Don't feel guilty. Uh, (laughs) I myself, I am sad. Uh, I'm I, I'm very sad. I I don't know where this is gonna go, but yeah, I just want to let the listeners know that I am sad. Maybe you should reach out to Joe Burrow and see if he wants to be sad with you. Uh, yeah, me and Joe, if we've been talking lately. Uh, I need him to come back stronger than ever next year. Uh, I, I really need that for me and all the non-Chiefs fans. I I need it bad. I need it bad. Yeah, this is a way too far look ahead, but the Bengals are one of the like six or seven teams that the Chiefs are scheduled to play at home next year. I guess eight teams because the the division games are one and one. And I think the Bengals will be in Arrowhead week one, Thursday night, Chiefs defending their Super Bowl title or not defending their title, but playing the opening game. Let's go. I, I saw I saw them as maybe Schefter that tweeted it out. I, I was thinking that they were going to do the Ravens, but. Could yeah, be the Bengals. That's the other possibility. Could be, could be the it's one of those two. Yeah, um, I, I already miss football, so I'm sad as well yeah. uh, that football is over. I, I do miss it. It's been less than 24 hours, and I, I don't really know know what to do with my hands. I'm, I'm just chilling <laughs> here. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> DraftKings Draft had to send an email to intern P to make sure he was still alive today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a FanDuel guy, so I, I'm waiting for uh, my sponsorship with FanDuel. I could be the next Gronk kicking out there so just hit me up FanDuel if you're listening yeah for sure so let's uh get into the game I guess uh it was uh it wasn't like it wasn't the cleanest played game ever uh but in terms of level of excitement and like different things that happened over the course of the game one of the better Super Bowls we've had uh, I would say um in comparing it to last year's game I, you guys might have different opinions on this. I actually I found it a little bit more exciting because at some point in the Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl, it was just like every both teams are going to score every time they have the ball. So it's just like looking for that one stop where where you can get it to to try to win. Whereas in this game, there's a little bit more hope to be held out if if you didn't score on a possession that you would get it back with the score the same. But then like if you did score on a possession, it meant that much more even a field goal. Um, so that's my general thoughts on like how the game played out. Uh, agree or disagree. Yeah, it was, I thought it was an amazing game. Um, it started slow. It to your point, Sasha, it was, it, it was not super clean, but even though it was only 10, three at halftime, there was a bunch of exciting plays you had. Well, you had the fumble by McCaffrey, which was huge to start the game. You had the fumble, the bomb from uh, Mahomes to Hardman, who would show up later in the game, later in the night, um, which led to the the uh, 
fumble by Pacheco, which led to the assault of Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid on Andy Reid on the sidelines. And then you had the the uh, Jawan Jennings touchdown pass to McCaffrey, which I still am trying to figure out how that play worked and he scored because it seemed like the Chiefs should have blown it up like a couple different times when he was before he threw the ball and when he threw it, I'm like, oh, there's like three Chiefs dudes over there. Maybe someone can pick this off. And then he just snatched it and scored. Um, so there was a lot of good action, but it but it wasn't that clean. It started slow, but then obviously like second half, like fourth quarter and overtime were awesome nail biting back and forth. And I love, I'm sure we'll get into and talk about it, but I love the new overtime rules. Doesn't seem like the Niners players maybe understood them as well as they should have. Um, but I thought overtime was awesome. Yeah, I kind of want to touch on that overtime thing. I mean, if you're the 49ers and you win, I know hindsight's 2020, but do you take the ball second in that situation? Like, I mean, kind of see where they're going because then you can go for it fourth down just like the Chiefs did. I mean, I, I feel like having the ball second was a huge advantage in that game. I don't I don't know what, what you guys think, but. It's a really valid question. And, and the Chiefs, um, actually Mahomes and Reed said after the game that their opinion was, to take the ball second and they would have kicked it had they won the toss. I don't know if I'm quite there. Like, yeah, the Chiefs definitely had an advantage after the Niners kicked the field goal to know they had four down territory until they were in field goal range. However, if both teams match each other, so like if both teams kick a field goal there, then the Niners still have the ball first in sudden death uh, with the third possession. Yeah. I still think that the play is to have the ball first, but it's a lot closer than it used to be. And I yeah. guess that's kind of the point of the rule. Yeah, which is which is what which is what Shanahan said, which I think makes like makes sense. I, I mean, I've listened to stuff ad nauseum about this today. People. It seems like people are just hammering Shanahan for for taking the ball. Um, first of all, the analytics would tell you that it's basically a coin flip like there is. There, there, there actually it hasn't happened enough to really for the model to be super like to have a super clear point of view, but either way it's like 50.1 to 49.9 probability wise. So there's no, there's no clear analytics answer. And I'm with you a little bit, Sasha. When I heard Shanahan's explanation, he was like, yeah, well, yeah, we just, in the event that it got to a third possession, we wanted to have the ball in our hands. I'm like, that makes sense. I, I can also, I, I also understand why the other thing the chiefs player said is, we were going to kick and we were going to go for two if like if we had to, you know, if it was touchdown, touchdown. That to me is the only way that it makes sense to kick off the ball okay. because you're basically saying we're not going to get to that third possession. We're, we're, we're playing two possessions and that's right. It. Yeah, right. Um, I think like the bigger commentary on Shannon is not like whether you take the ball or not. Uh, just, and just to clarify on one thing you said about the sample size, it was literally the first overtime game ever played under those rules, uh, those exact right. rules. Right. Um, Which was all. But and it's I, the only reason they're playing like that is because that Chiefs Bills game back in 2021. Right. And there hasn't been an overtime playoff game since they changed the rule. But on on the point about like Shanahan and he he had the explanation and I think like Shanahan fully understood the overtime rules and, and knew what he was going to do in that sense. I think where some people are hammering him and, and maybe rightfully so is like a couple of his players said after the game, including Kyle Juszczyk, who's Harvard educated, 
um, that they thought if they scored a touchdown, they won the game. Meaning they didn't know the rules. You think that people, um, you think people go to Harvard are smart? Potentially. Um, not necessarily, but also like they didn't, it was multiple players who said it. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. Whereas the Chiefs, the Chiefs players said like, yeah, we had like sessions every playoff game about the overtime rules, including two planning strategies leading into the Super Bowls. So it just, it comes off as feeling like, and maybe it's just that one specific situation, but the Chiefs were players were more well prepared for any scenario that could occur. Yeah. I mean the Chiefs players the Chiefs players actually said they talked about it in training camp. Um yeah. And, and like I so I definitely think it's a bad look that the players clearly didn't know what was going on cuz quite frankly like I do especially Kyle Yuschek, Harvard educated or not, he's an offensive player. And and like yeah. it <laughs> you want those dudes to know because it affects play calls. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. It, it affects play calls. It affects stuff like reaching out, like whether or not you're going to reach out for the for like the first down marker or the goal line, all that stuff. So, like, yeah, you want your players to know what strategy you're doing. What do you guys think about the the kick? I guess. Um, do you think they should have gone for? I mean, obviously, you don't want them to go for it there, but I mean, I feel like you have to go for the touchdown there, and you can't give Holmes ball back with a chance to to win the game. What was it? Fourth and what? Four? I think it fourth was, yeah, and fourth and four, fourth and three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I think the numbers would say you, like, your odds of making that are lower than your odds of, like, holding the Chiefs to a field goal. Yeah. I think it was 100%. a yard or two. If it's fourth, I think it was a yard or two too long. Um, I mean, the bigger, I was sitting, you know, last night after an Irish car bomb. They, they were like, there were like 10 things that had to go in honor of you, Sasha, in honor of Mahomes and the Chiefs yeah. and in honor of you um, and in honor of how slow intern P took that car bomb the other night. Um, <laughs> I had to throw that one in there. Huh? I was letting and, you win. Uh, I was giving yeah. you confidence. Yeah. I, I was doing it for your ego. So um, it, th- anyways, I was just thinking about all of the plays that had to go right for the Chiefs to win that game. In my mind, probably the two biggest are, I mean, Spags, going to Spags, like the two third down or third down plays where the Chiefs absolutely had to get a stop. Like I was sure at the end of regulation that the Niners were to go out, run down that clock and kick a field goal. And we were going to have to be like, yeah. oh, Jake Moody, you got to miss a field goal for us to stay in this. And I, I think it was yeah. third and five. You knew, yeah. Third and five, you knew Spags was going to dial up pressure, and he got McDuffie free, and you know he he clips the pass, and that was the play of the game probably. And then the play interim piece talking about third and four, which if you go back, I think first down on that series was a six yard run, so you're at second and four. They force an incompletion on on second down, then third and four, and it seems like there was some confusion, but Chris Jones just no one blocks him. They get, they get yeah. pressure. And so I think, I think there's something to be said for like Spags understanding the flow of an entire game and not using everything in, in whatever time. Like we talk about the halftime adjustments, but a lot of it too is, is like, we know the chief's best defensive play all year has been McDuffie blitzing, yeah but he's not just going to like blitz him on every third down throughout the game and like third and four they needed to stop more than any other time in the game and McDuffie blitzes and 
doesn't get home but knocks the pass down and it's just like saving saving for the right moment and people say spags does that like also they've said that he saves things for the playoffs over the years but even just within the game uh, i think that was huge yeah um i mean he's he's so brilliant at like in the moment play calls and he's even all these years that the Chiefs haven't had as good of a defense. It's like the number of times he's pulled stuff like that out to get a stop. On. Just one play to win the game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. One play to win the game. And Chris Jones has been so many times like the equivalent of Mahomes on that side, which is like one play to win the game. And you have to, you have a guy who can do something game changing to make it happen. Yeah. Um. Back back to the rules thing uh, just a little bit here. The 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 low key like most important thing that that needed to be known in the rules is that if the time ran out and you were still in your second possession that it would just flip quarters and you weren't fighting against the clock because if your offensive players don't know that in that situation which i have to assume the 49ers wouldn't have if they would have had the ball second based on the things their players were saying then you're like scrambling rushing but the chiefs were calm collected like knew they didn't need to call timeouts knew they and and granted i know Kyle Shanahan would have known that but you need all the players to know that too in that moment to like avoid getting a penalty and in that kind of thing to- totally and uh, um i didn't think they talked about that enough on it i think in general Nance, no they didn't I, in general Nance and Romo did a good job i thought but i didn't think that they that was one thing that i was confused about like i knew the whole yeah. like oh chiefs get a chance to score but i'm i'm like clearly the way the chiefs were treating it i'm like obviously this is just going to go it's just going to go to another quarter but i'm not entirely yeah. sure cuz even on that so that last play of the game a you're like mm-hmm. are the chiefs are they going to get this off before the clock runs out or are they or are they not and I kind of think the 49ers were flustered by that and that they didn't they weren't quite sure that they were going to snap it because because think about the Chiefs in the red zone all night like they could get nothing they like they could get nothing all night and then on that final play first and goal from the 4 to win the game it was like it was just easy it was like no pressure yeah. on Mahomes it, like corn dog the route that they ran twice against the Eagles to score and it it kind of just looked like the Niners like didn't know that they were going to snap the ball well, and I, I I would almost be certain that the Niners defensive players did not know whether that was a game ending situation or not, which makes a difference. Like you think you're playing the clock, just tackle them in bounds and like keep the clock running uh, when that had no bearing on anything. It, now, deductive reasoning would tell you like the Chiefs have a couple timeouts. They're not calling them. So it right. must just flip quarters. But why, why was there a clock in general for the play clock? Like I, I just I just don't like why? It's probably unnecessary, but like you play football with a clock, I think they just don't want to overcomplicate it. Well, they well, overcomplicated a, it by leaving it in. I, in my opinion, I think they're just like no clock. Here's a play clock. We're good to go. I think the broadcast just needs to do a better job of like putting up a graphic. Like, hey, this is a new game. If the second possession's not over, then it flips to it just flips sides of the field. Um, if you were playing outside, that the flipping of sides of the field could matter a lot. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then the other thing is like you brought up McCole Hardman catching that last pass, and I, I think this is something you've talked about a lot, Scott. But like he he caught that fifty five yarder um, early in the game, and like he tracked the ball better than I've ever seen him track the ball, and ever like they've thrown him deep balls throughout the year, and he just like doesn't go for it. Usually doesn't even see it, and then he catches the touchdown pass, and like 
it wasn't two weeks ago we were talking about or three weeks ago, McCall Hardman fumbling through the end zone against the yeah. Bills and like never put him on the field again. Right. And this is a point like Scott's made a lot, but like Andy Reid sticks with people. Yeah. All I mean, people are probably tired of me making this point, but like the there's a there's actually a lot of things. I mean, you don't win three Super Bowls in five years without a lot of this stuff, but there's so many things about Chief like the Chiefs culture and the way that Andy Reid builds it that is so underrated. And one of the and one of the biggest ones is like how much Andy Reid doesn't give up on people and will come back to them and and like it like even when they're not doing things right or great or struggling, he instills confidence with them because he knows he's going to need them in the biggest moment in the biggest game and like even though did you guys think MVS was going to drop a referendum? Yeah. What's, what's that? Yeah. I was going to say that's a total referendum on Kadarius Tony still being a healthy scratch with like the most like the coach in the league that would be most likely to stick with him was like, no, you can't suit up for the Super Bowl. I know. I think he's I think he's out. Um, <laughs> yeah, he might right. never step on NFL an NFL field again, in my but opinion. Like, Just yeah. uh, they needed yes, him. I thought NBS would drop that touchdown. Catch. He, it kind of looked like he almost dropped it, <laughs> but they needed yeah. MVS. He, he, he they needed Hardman. They needed Justin Watson. They needed Noah Gray. They needed all those dudes last night, and they all came through. Yeah. Uh, since we're on the topic of like things that make Andy Reid different than other coaches, I guess that's a good segue to talk about like the whole Travis Kelsey bumping Andy Reid on the sideline uh, situation. Um, there's a lot of different opinions flying around about that. Um, First things first is like you don't bench Travis Kelsey for the rest of the Super Bowl. That's a classic, but uh, like cut your nose despite your face situation. It it doesn't make any sense. But I I I guess I have a I don't have strong opinions one way or the other about it. Do you think like Andy Reid needed to be harder on Kelsey in that moment, or is it just competitors being competitors? What are your thoughts on that? I think it's a big pile of nothing. I, I mean it. Yeah. Like I understand how it looked on the sideline, um, and how yeah. non-football people would react. I <laughs> the funniest thing I heard today was someone being like, "I wonder if Taylor is like worried about his anger management issues now." <laughs> you know, is at like, is, is he going to go chest bumper if she like steals his pillow in the middle of the night? <laughs> but but it's uh, a good question. I um. I read something today that said that, or it was McDuffie. At, uh, someone was interviewing McDuffie after the game, and they were talking about the speeches Mahomes and Kelsey gave on Saturday night. And he was basically saying, like, just seeing how much those guys care, even after, even like how big a star as they are, and after winning multiple Super Bowls, like, just makes everyone on the team want to play harder. And that's the way I think about it is like, he, like, he, I think Kelsey in that Ravens game almost single handedly was like, I'm coming with this attitude and headbutting people because like, this is what we like, this is what we need to do to go into Baltimore and get a win. Um, and I think he just legitimately wants to win so bad. He was fired up that he wasn't on the field and they fumbled the ball and pissed off. that They fumbled yeah. the ball. So I don't think it's anything. Both of them have talked about it today and they're, they're like father son. And sometimes you got to yell at each other. Yeah. I, I think it, it is kind of weird because I've, it was right after Kelsey made a catch uh, or no, it wasn't. It was after the McCall Hardman catch and then Pacheco fumbled. So never mind. That point is moot. But I've noticed like after Kelsey catches, they bring him off the field a lot. 
and it it seems unnecessary. Um, and I think that's what Kelsey was thinking as well. Yeah. Well, he was. I did see that he would like on that Hardman throw. I think he was wide open. Yeah, he, he was pissed that he wasn't getting the ball for for whatever reason, and then they took him off the field, and it just exacerbated. Like I think what he said, he's like, if you read his lips, he was like, "Throw me the ball, I'll score. Like I'll make sure we score." And you know, yeah. but whatever. It was a first down play. We run with right. Jack he was going to come back in. Yeah. Jago just needs to not fumble. Um, I mean, Sasha, how many, how many times have you chest bumped dad like that? Oh, thousands. Yeah. Uh, actually, speaking of like father-son moments, or I don't know if it's father-son, but those types of moments, did any of you see the video of Andy Reid and Chris Jones after the game? I did. I did, and I loved probably, it. Probably one of the more hilarious things I've seen. Like Chris Jones is laying on the ground, ground. like the he's Chris Jones is laying on the ground doing the confetti angels, and like Andy Reid, sixty-five year old man, like gets on the ground, starts hitting him in the chest, punching him, but then like it becomes awkward really fast because Andy Reid's a sixty-five year old man and like can't get up, (laughs) and they're like basically intertangled in each other's legs uh, by the end of it, and uh, it was pretty funny. I think I think I love Andy Reid so much. I love everything about him. I really, I, I, I thought often about just like flying to Kansas city and trying to like knock on the knock, knock on their, their headquarters and just be like, can I just, can I just talk to Andy Reed for like an hour <laughs> about yeah. whatever? Well, I think it's like a rare ability to be self deprecating, which makes you likable, but also be like, I'm in charge. I'm the boss when it comes down to it and everybody knows it. And like n- most people can't straddle that line very well. Um, so like most dudes, like Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, like you're not going to consider them likable. Like in terms of like I, I, not that you wouldn't want to hang out with the guys, but like hey, that guy like doesn't take himself too seriously, sort of thing. But also be able to like lead the team. So it, it's a unique combination that Andy Reid has. Totally. I I got a I got a question for you guys. Well. And maybe we're going to talk. I know we're going to talk about legacy a little bit later, but I'll just, I'll maybe throw this out there. Start like I was thinking this morning. I'm like, this is, well, at least to this point in his career, this was this was like Mahomes's magnus opum, if you will, right? Like, like it was it was like his defining performance because you had he didn't. I mean, his first Super Bowl against San Francisco was awesome. They came from behind, but he had two picks and actually didn't play great. What are you laughing at? I didn't hear any of the rest of the things you said because I was looking at Pearson's face when you said Magnus Opum. <laughs> I don't actually, I think, fully know the reference other than I'll look it up. It's, it's, it. it's a great, um, it's a great, I think it's a great pianist like ultimate performance. I'm looking it up right now. Hold on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've heard that. I've heard it. Chances that, that P spells Magnus open right in his search. There's well, no, I'm looking at it right now. So I think when he clicks return on Google, it won't even work because they're like, wait, this is clearly a bot. This is, this <laughs> yeah. is definitely not. I'm going to get some emails. Like, I think somebody stole your identity. So I, I looked <laughs> up. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll, I'll let you. I'll, 
I'll peel back the curtain here. I did Magnus correctly, but I thought you said Opum. O P U M. So I yes, I was that is what he said. on here. It says Opus. Opus. So you were yeah. wrong. Oh, Opus. you were oh, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, got you there. Um, what, does it, what does it say? It it says a great work, especially a literacy or artistic <laughs> masterpiece. Yeah. Artistic the greatest, right. the greatest single work of an artist, writer, or composer. Yeah. Right. So, it's like so uh, Mozart's best piece on the piano. So I was, so I was thinking, like, first Super Bowl, Mahomes had two picks, didn't play great. You obviously had the Tampa Super Bowl, and then last year was, I mean, he was like widely lauded for how he played, but I think he ended up with 188 yards. Right. Like that was a, it was a different game script. They leaned on Pacheco a lot this year. He, I mean, he had the, he had one bad throw. He he was sped up, I think, a little bit in the first half. But he ends up though, like that fourth quarter in overtime was like such a masterpiece in the way he used his legs. And but I, the question I was going to ask you guys is like, do we think it was Mahomes's magnus opus or Reed's? Because like some because like some of the way that Reed was like the play calls and overtime, it was just just brilliant as well. Yeah, I think like the short answer is probably Mahomes's just because he's the one on the field. He's the one you see. People don't think of it that way. Um, but Andy Reid, like what's what's been the toughest thing for the Chiefs over the course of like the Mahomes era for them to execute on offense? I mean, short yardage situation. Not a trick question. Yeah, third short and fourth and short, right? All, all because and Mahomes like, messed up his kneecap on a sneak. Right. And they had multiple of those situations on that final drive, especially the fourth and one from like their own 30. And I think that was like a no-brainer run Mahomes there. But And, and I, I said as much before the play. Uh, but... Also, like you could have seen him just trying to jam Pacheco up into the line, and that's probably has a 50-50 chance of winning. So like Reed did some things that he didn't want to do or that he normally were outside of his character in terms of play calling. And so that's where you give him a lot of credit for that. Um yeah. I think and it, granted, it's like it's the last drive in the Super Bowl. So like we're not worried about getting Mahomes hurt at this point. But also you haven't run a QB sneak in five years, so it's not like you can exactly just do that. Right. Um so they had to come up with the next best thing. There was another play. I can't remember when it was. I think it was at the start of the drive when they were down 1916, where he did a he did a designed Mahomes bootleg. Yeah. To start the drive. And we and we haven't, you know, you watch enough Chiefs games, you see all these plays. I'm not sure we'd ever seen that play. Um, and I, I thought it was like brilliantly timed to, to just activate that drive. Yeah, get the first first down, like get the tempo going. And, and that's like the biggest key to a lot of drives. So, yeah, I mean, I think Reed did did a lot of like unique things in the second half that were outside of what he normally does. And like the way the Niners defense was playing in terms of like, I think what the Chiefs thought was going to work coming into the game wasn't necessarily working. The The way they beat him last year was a lot of those like outside screens, bubble screens. Um get the Niners defense, like stay outside of the middle of their defense. And the Niners obviously were prepared for that. Um, so he had to, he had to mix it up. And I don't know how much of that is Mahomes and like changing what he reads and how much of that is the play calls, but both deserve a lot of credit for that. Yeah. I, for, 
which oddly, this is the exact same story of, um, gosh, is it Super Bowl 57? Was it 57 the last time the Chiefs and Niners played? No, no, no. Super 54. 54. Exact same story as Super Bowl 54, although I think everyone thought that this was a less great version of the Niners defense is like their defensive line totally controlled the game for two and a half quarters. And then I guess it's a common, it's a combination of Mahomes slash Reed figuring out, but also them slowing down. It was, it was like the exact same thing, right? That the game played out the exact same way, which is like they shut down, like the their defensive line controlled that game for two and a half quarters. Like we couldn't run. They had pressure all over Mahomes. Even when Mahomes tried to scramble it out, they closed off yeah. lanes. The Dre, the Dre sure. Greelaw thing really hurt, I think. Yeah, it, I mean, it doesn't seem like a big number, but they sacked Mahomes three times, which he doesn't huge get number. sacked very often. That's a yeah, huge number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and there was a lot of times where, it, like, when he was scrambling, it looked like he was going to pull the trigger down the field, and then he didn't. And then they ended up chasing him down for a short gain or he threw an incompletion. So, yeah, I agree. The Niners defensive line controlled the game for a while. And maybe it's just a matter of like wearing out like you. The Super Bowl is the longest game you'll play all year. And like you have that long halftime, but like just like going out 20 minutes before the game, being amped up, being hyped up and then sitting down for 20 minutes and then. And then starting the game. Like there, there is like a, a serious thing about like using up your tank, especially if you're a defensive player. And then like, it's hard to reboot it after that halftime or like how many times can you go back to the well after you like get amped up and come back down. And uh, like, you, obviously like guys like us have never played anything at that level. So we can't imagine like the level of emotion in terms of emptying the tank and then trying to refill it and empty it again. But I think that's maybe why the offense has opened up a little bit at the end because both defenses got a little bit tired, especially the Niners. For sure. I mean, if that's the case, it feels like the Chiefs defense held up towards the end of that game a little bit better. Yeah. Um, yeah. In 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 news sure. about emptying the tank, uh, intern piece sent a text that says uh, he wants to go to break because he has to pee. Hey, intern Pete, hey. I know you're the intern, but just go. Just go, you know. Just walk away and go if you want to. We'll finish the segment. We got to talk about the game here, bro. Well, I have to. I have to raise my. I have to ask for permission to go pee. Uh, so yeah. I, I was just asking for permission. So that's actually a great question. Since you live in Sasha's basement and don't pay rent, do you normally have to ask for permission when you go to the bathroom? Uh, yes, I, I text Sasha probably <laughs> ten times a day. Oh. Uh, I'm like, hey, is it cool if I if I use the bathroom? <laughs> Just saying. If I'm not home, he asks the dogs. <laughs> yeah, the, the dogs, dogs have to give him. Yeah, yeah, me and the dogs. We're really we're close knit here. I, th- I think you should just go. Do you want it, Sasha? Okay. Do you want to? Well, while we while we excuse intern P for a couple seconds, do we? Uh, should we talk about the Niners side of this? Like I, we've been talking a lot of okay. Chiefs, but here we go. any anything like. What stands out to you on the Niners side outside of, I know we're going to talk probably Kyle Shanahan legacy later, but yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's the main thing that stands out on the Niners side. Obviously, like, I think, I think Brock Purdy was able to like, not quite accomplish what he would have in in a win, but he won some people over in a loss. I, I think, um, 
like to to the extent that it's like this is a guy you could win a Super Bowl with. Not necessarily that you want to try to always win a Super Bowl with, but like he's good enough to win a Super Bowl under the current constructs of their team. I thought he played great. Um, And I was actually I was actually fully expecting him to have some nerves at the start of the game. And I just don't feel like he did like like he came out playing well. And the Chiefs, the Chiefs actually did a pretty amazing job of shutting off their main weapons. Like, like Debo didn't really get loose. Ayuk didn't really get loose. You know, McCaffrey had a fine game, but it's like he got a lot of touches. And I think I saw that he had, at least in the first half, he uh, was averaging like 3.6 yards a carry, which was his lowest average per carry in a, in a game since, in a game that Trent Williams started. And that number only went down in the second half. So the Chiefs took away a bunch of his weapons and he went to Juwan Jennings, which is, you know, which is a yeah. veteran level move. Um, so I thought he was good. The one thing he. I don't know that he doesn't have it, but he's just he's not Mahomes, which like no one's Mahomes is those the couple plays we talked about where Spags pulled out a blitz on big downs. It's like his his answer was to just throw into a blitzer who was definitely going to get a hand on it or like throw it away, which is, which is like in plays you have to have, you know, you can see Mahomes in those like spinning out of it, getting loose, using his legs to scramble. And so I thought he, right. I thought he struggled on some of those big plays where he, they probably needed it worse than like just throwing the ball away. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but I think that's the thing, right? Is like, if you're going to play with an $800,000 quarterback, he needs to like be good enough, but he's not going to be Mahomes, but the rest of your team needs to be enough better that you win the game. And to be clear, like it was very close to that being the case. It's just, it's one play here, one play there. And that's the way these big games go. That's the way like legacies are determined is one play out of thousands in an NFL season. Yeah. I mean, they, the Niners probably should have won that game. Like, like I said earlier, they there was 10 plays that had to go right for the Chiefs to win. But I think it's like we we talked last week, like why seems like everyone's betting on the Chiefs. Why is the line not moving? Like why are the Niners still favored by two? And this is the reason why. It's because there was sharp money and people with big bets who felt like the Niners roster was just overwhelmingly better. And it yeah, probably was, except for Mahomes. Two two things on the line not moving. That one side of it made me a little bit nervous because the line wasn't moving. That means like the Vegas was comfortable with exposure to the Chiefs, um, which made me a little bit nervous. But also, I, I was hearing more and more um, as the week went along that they had a ton of exposure to the Niners in the futures market. So like all of the money coming in on the Chiefs from the public would just kind of evened it out for them. Although oh, by game time they definitely, yeah, by game time they definitely wanted the Niners to win. Um, but it wasn't as as bad as it could have been. The 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 like nightmare scenario for Vegas would have been the Niners winning by one because the Chiefs were plus two all week, and the Niners would have like cashed all the futures and the Chiefs would have cashed all the plus two bets. That was the nightmare scenario which I don't know, may or may not have to do with Jake Moody missing an extra point. Just kidding. No conspiracy theories here. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, We should talk conspiracy but, uh, theories. 
Yeah, I'm maybe so dumb. Let's, like, I love conspiracy now that, uh, theories. Now that we got the potty break out of the way, um, maybe we should go to a quick break and, and get back into like prop bets and, and more on the lighter side of the game on the other side. Let's do that real quick. Uh, we'll keep going with Bro Storm Sports. See you in a second. Welcome back into Bro Storm Sports. We're going to move it right along because Intern P has a hot date tonight. Uh, so let's get oh, into she's somebody. hot. Who is she? <laughs> you have she, a date. Well, hold on. Let me just. I know we're. I know we're trying to move along here, but can you just? Who's? What's the date? It's tonight. Is that why we had to? I'm, record I'm not early? telling you. I'm not telling you. I will not Where tell you listeners because what if there are other women listening? Then what? Then I'm outing myself here. I'm I'm single. I'm single still. What a you're you're. What about like? Did you feel like a date the night at the day after the Super Bowl was going to go well? Like you're still well, slurring your words. I guess this is <laughs> this is this is just an impromptu get together. Uh, we're just we're just hanging out a bit, okay? Just we're are hanging you, out a you, bit. It's early. It's early. Are you taking her to Biggins? Uh, no. Um. Dave and Buster, no, no, Chuck E. Cheese, no, we're not. That's going to be the exact joke I was going to make. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese? Well, one of those. I don't, think they, that genre. I don't think they allow me into Chuck E. Cheese, now that I think about it. I think I'm, think I'm banned from there. Oh, not allowed within no, 100 feet. Not allowed. That's, that's a new development. <laughs> within 100 yeah. feet, I'm banned from Yeah, I'm Chuck not e. sure you uh, filled that out on your intern application. <laughs> I did not, unfortunately. <laughs> I did not. I did not. Let's get into the prop bets. So let's uh let let's let's get off my dating life. Uh, okay, <laughs> prop bets. You guys have anything to say before I start? Yeah. How do we do? How do we all do? Well, honestly, not not really that good. I went over two, uh, as usual. Uh, I had Kittle over yards, did not hit. I think he had two receptions, and then uh I had the orange Gatorade. Uh, it was orange, right? It was orange. It's purple. Are you sure? It's purple. Yeah. Oh, okay. Purple. Fun. Uh, hey, Noah Gray. Well, just before you say we didn't do that good, I think we all three picked the Chiefs to cover. Yeah, we did Those pick the Chiefs. And I That's a think win. you and I picked the under. If I remember right, your analysis on the under was... I don't know why. I'm just taking the under. Um, Dude, okay, so I okay. I don't thought the game was in London. <laughs> yeah, the Lunder. The Lunder is London, back. Lunder. The, the Lunder down under. Um, yeah, that's yeah. fair. We. I also picked tails, so that didn't hit either. So that really started my day off not very well. Uh, tails apparently always fails, so here we are. Yeah, tails didn't go so well. Uh, I had the over, which it coincidentally ended up only missing by half a point. Yeah, it would have so, been, that hook will get been you. the worst beat for Vegas of all time. Yeah, that hook will get you. Uh, that's why they're so good at their job. They just they just know these things. It's crazy. I don't get it, but here we are, still putting all my money into all these accounts and losing it quickly. <laughs> so it it is unfortunate. I had a buddy... Uh, tell me at the super bowl party he was like yeah I'm, I'm trying not to gamble anymore he's like i quit gambling for like a month and i was like how did i get all this money in my bank account like, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
turns out you can save a lot. Gamble, yeah, with, but it's, gamble it's responsibly fun. people. Yes. Well, yeah. sure. Whatever you say. So you were until it's not responsible. So you were over three. You were over your, two on your pop, mm-hmm. props. What about Sasha and I? Yeah, and then uh, Sasha had uh, over jersey numbers, one hundred and twenty-one point five, and it hit sixty-three. So it wasn't wasn't really that close, but we're not going to fault him for that. Uh, MVS scoring is you know eleven. Um, he really yeah, was the highest number that scored was twenty. He was really banking on Kelsey touchdown here. Which I did say he yeah. wasn't going to score. I don't know if you guys heard that. I was very adamant that he was not going to have a good game, which yeah. he did have a pretty good game. So I, I can't fault like, I think you said that what's, right. What's Brandon Ayuk's number? 11. Isn't he 11 as well? Yeah. Who on the Niners has a high number? Uh, Kittle. 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 Yeah. So either tight end scores, and I'm fine there. It, just, it didn't work out that way. And then uh, Scott had Noah Gray over 11 and a half yards, which did cash. Good for him. Uh, he is the Noah Gray whisper. I'm I'm claiming him the Noah Gray whisper. So no, dude, that was the and easiest. Then, that was the easiest bet on the board. You knew Noah Gray was going to catch one to two catches for 20 yards. Especially with all the attention but, paid to Kelsey and how much they play multiple tight ends. That's just that's just analytics right there. Dude's just an encyclopedia for tight ends and analytics. We love that about him, though. I, I know. What if you I could build a model that told you that? <laughs> yeah, what if you could build a model? That'd be wild. Um, I had multiple people tell me before this game, this is all anecdotal. I don't think there was any data involved in this, that Blake Bell was probably going to score a touchdown. Uh, Turns out that was not true. What percentage, that. what percentage of those people went to the same high school as Blake Bell? Because that seems like that might have been uh, actually one opinion. of them. Hey, most of them, like ninety percent of them, did go to his high school. But one of them was Kendall Gammon uh, on the Red Kingdom show. So that's that's when I took it to the bank. That's when I actually laid money on it. Yeah, I think. And he led me. I think Noah Gray scoring would have been the much safer bet. He did not score, but he did go over his prop bet. What if you parlayed Blake Bell and Noah Gray to score together? I feel like you did that. Is that is that true? Did you do that? (laughs) (laughs) So quiet. So quiet. Yes. A lot of non tight end money, (laughs) non Travis Kelsey tight end money there, but. I mean, so were you? So were you rooting for Reed to bench Kelsey after he tackled him? <laughs> I was a little disappointed that I I think Blake played like one snap the whole game because uh, I was looking for him out there. He he got a good run block on an edge edge run at some point, but yeah, it is what it is. Bishop Carroll Catholic High School, go Eagles! Go hey, we both uh, yeah, we both did the Eagles. And then all right, P, what about what about Scott's bets? Yeah, Scott had Noah Gray and then over twenty two and a half on the jersey first touchdown, which was Christian McCaffrey. So that one did cash. Scott might have had a good day if he threw some cash on it. I don't know how much he actually put on it, but he seems like he uh he won a couple couple bucks yesterday. Guys, I season two of Bro Storm, which was a truncated season, I'm my picks are pretty solid. Take those to the bank. MBS over, Noah Gray over. Lock it in. I think I might be the new best better on Brostorm Sports. Your thoughts, P? Nope. No, no way. No way. 
Not yet. You have to you have to hit some college basketball bets or NBA bets to beat me on that on that one. So we'll uh, we'll see how that works for you. I don't believe on uh, I don't I don't believe in betting on so amateur can... athletes. Be they're like twenty four. Uh, Brock Purdy could <laughs> look like <laughs> or <laughs> he got six years of eligibility. Or it's now. not legal in Oregon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that sucks. Which reminds me, we've got to wrap up soon so I can lay some money on the Jayhawks tonight. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. No DeWan let's, Harris let's, or Kevin McCuller. Let's, uh, intern piece taking a little too long in the spotlight. Let's talk legacy. <laughs> I thought I did great. I think the listeners will agree. Well, before we get into legacy, or maybe as part of the legacy, like, intern Pete, I, I know we were trying to take you out of the spotlight, but you'll probably have the most educated opinion on this. How did that Super Bowl affect Usher's legacy. Mm. I think, I think Alicia Keys is bigger. He, she rocked that stage. She, she is my queen. Uh, the, yeah. the, the performance was really good. She might be my new uh, Giselle, my new, like all the other chicks. But Alicia Keys, I'm, I'm so back on Alicia Keys. I'm sad there was no JB Justin Bieber. I really thought he's gonna come out singing. Uh, I just need somebody to love. I, I needed that in my life right there. But Usher did a good job out there. Uh, he did take his shirt off, though, as Sasha did as well. So we had two shirtless guys last night. Who do you think, like, just out of curiosity, like, what do you think people were more excited about? Usher taking his shirt off or me taking my shirt off? Oh, well, I mean, 100% you. What, what are you talking about? Everyone wanted okay. to see you with your have shirt you, off. Have you, you been keeping off. yourself in as good a shape as Usher has been in old age? Um, I'd say my my fitness, as they call it in uh, in in global football, is uh, it's a little bit below par right now. Uh, but... It's it's working its way there. Yeah, could you? He's big into orders theory these days. So can you roller skate? I know our mother used to work at a roller skating rink. Can you roller skate as good as Usher? I was really surprised when the roller skaters came out that Usher actually popped out there on roller skates too. Yeah. Like I didn't think I didn't see that coming. Here's here's what I don't, and I don't and think no. I, I don't think we should spend that much more time talking about the halftime show. Um, I also thought the commercial sucked for whatever it's worth, but I don't, I tend to use my commercials to do things like, I don't know, go get food or go to the restroom. Like you're supposed to do during a football game. But, um, I don't understand why every halftime show has to be someone who's like 10 to 15 years past their prime. Like, why can't we, why can't we ever just get a halftime show of someone who's like current and awesome? Like it's, it's always yeah. old, like, people that were sweet uh, rihanna you know 20 rihanna years was ago. okay rihanna last year yeah it's the nostalgia scott yeah the nostalgia i mean i'm looking at jay miz's face i mean yeah but rihanna's past her prime right like she like if if it would have been rihanna 10 years ago that would have been the time to do it right i just don't anyway right. so feel like you could here's the problem though like other than Taylor Swift. Name me like just name me someone who's in their prime right now, and I'll tell you if I know who they are. Post Malone. Yes, I know who Post Malone is. That's fair. Um, Morgan Wallen. Barely. 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 Uh, you, Only because he was not, on the. Voice. You're not in the music game, are you? It's fine. You, no, I'm not fine. in the music game, but I think it's just like they want like somebody who's super recognizable to a hundred million people. 
And I think like past your prime gives you a better chance of that than in your prime because like it doesn't go backwards. Like you, you hit your prime and then like your recognizability just continues to go up. I agree. I mean, maybe that's over. You, you got, over the problem is, it, is you wouldn't, if Post Malone came out there, you would hate it, in my opinion. But I love Post Malone. Do you actually? Lot, yeah, I do. A lot of music talk today. I mean, I guess, I yeah. guess, uh, did you, this is totally random, but when Jack Harlow came out um, for on Thanksgiving for the Lions game, it was like, I thought it was so lame. Like, I was like, this is terrible. Why are we watching this? Which he would be much closer to, like, someone who's kind of in the prime of their career. So maybe you're right, Sasha. Yeah. Music analysis. That's what people come to me for. Uh, legacy talk, like, actually on the football side now. Do you guys want to start with the winners or the losers? I think we got to let's, let's start do with the losers. I, I think we got to start with Shanahan. Yeah. Shanahan and the Niners. All right. Let's go, losers. Um, Shanahan. Worst Super Bowl coach in history? Question mark. I think that he has. Honestly, I think he's just played Mahomes and Brady in the three Super Bowls he's been in. Um, yeah, I, I think his. I think his, the closest comp to Shanahan is Andy Reid with the Eagles. Um. Yeah. That, where early in his career, offensive genius won so many games but could never get over the hump um so but but he i mean for sasha you were showing me clips like i think his his he his like i don't know if nerves is the right way to say it but you know it felt like the pressure was getting him to him all week he was even kind of drunk at the opening night um when he was answering questions he was like upset about the field they're upset about the fire alarm um He's kind of maniacal as it is. I think this is just going to like someone's going to he's going to have to be on like, I don't know, you know, some type of watch over the next couple of weeks, because I think he's going to take this loss pretty hard. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's tough because he's had like he's been in three Super Bowls, one as an OC, two as a coach, and he's lost like with a lead every single time, like a decent sized lead. I think like if you just look at that game for face value. He only really had like one game defining decision, like a head coaching decision, not like a play call, which was it's fourth down. We can kick a field goal to tie it or we can go for it and try to score a touchdown here. And it's actually like an identical decision that he had the last time the Chiefs played them in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54. And that time he kicked the field goal. This time he goes for it, makes it, scores the touchdown. And, like, what it goes to show you is, is, like, analytics might say one thing. Uh, the outcome of the decision might say one thing. But, like, Mahomes beat him both times either way he made that decision. Right. Um, and so, and you can't say it was the wrong decision when they scored a touchdown on the drive. So, I don't, I don't know if there's a whole lot he could have done in that game other than, like, maybe you need better play calls uh, at key moments against the Chiefs. But, like, he's also going up against Steve Spagnuolo, who's making really good play calls and you you still have Brock Purdy as your quarterback, which is like, he's good, but he's not going to make game changing plays. If it's, if the structure is not right. Yeah. Yeah. I so, long story short, like his legacy will take more of a hit than it should. Uh, yeah. I, like, I agree. And he's, he's going to get over the hump. It feels like that's, that's kind of why I compared him to Andy Reed 
it like he's gonna get over the hump because he's so good. He's gonna get back there. Um, I, I I just I think right now he is the he falls into the same bucket of all these other guys, players, and coaches who are living in the era of Mahomes, right? Where where like like throw him in the same bucket of Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson of like dudes who if Mahomes wasn't here would probably have Super Bowls at this point. Yeah. Um one thing I'll, I'll I will say is like maybe he is the early Andy Reid, like his career is comparable to early Andy Reid, but there's no guarantee that that turns into late Andy Reid. Like late Andy Reid happened to stumble across a generational quarterback and now has won three Super Bowls with him. And like maybe Andy Reid would have gotten a Super Bowl at some point had that not happened. Um, and maybe it's just like a matter of time that you get a guy like that because Andy Reid's such a good offensive coordinator or offensive coach that he's maximizing what Mahomes has. And maybe it's inevitable that Kyle Shanahan gets a guy like that and he does the same thing. But also, like, you've got to cash in while you're there because there's no guarantee. Like, Andy Reid's been in the AFC or one of the conference championship games like 44% of his career. And there's no guarantee that Kyle Shanahan follows that arc for the remainder of his career. For sure. So on that topic, do you, like, what do you think happens to the 49ers from here? Because they, you know, the Super Bowl hangover of the losing team is real. We kind of saw like the the Phil, Philadelphia Eagles kind of slowly self destruct over the course of this year. Like, what? Like, what do you think? Do you think the Niners are going to be back, or you think this sends them into a bit of a tailspin? Uh, on that note, they are the current Super Bowl favorites for Super Bowl Fifty Nine. That has come out already. I saw that. Um, but to answer your question. Like, I think they have another year to run it back. And, like, barring a bad Super Bowl hangover, they have a good chance to be, like, back in the Final Four. What happens from there is is up in the air. Um, They have one more year before Purdy's eligible for an extension. They have almost all their guys on contract for another year before they're, like, due to be paid again. Uh, but they're going to be fighting, like, after next offseason, trying to figure out Purdy's extension alongside like re-signing a bunch of guys who by the way are going to get at least stay the same amount of expensive but also are going to be two years older than they were this year right and they're getting old so they're going to have to start hitting on draft picks at a more consistent rate and i i will say like getting purdy for free has been an advantage for them but it's it's almost a wash because you wasted all that draft capital on trey lance so it's just kind of like that's a wash. And so you've gotten old because you wasted all your draft capital, but you managed to dodge the Trey Lance bullet because you came up with Brock Purdy. Uh, but I think John Lynch is like one of the three best GMs in the league. So I think they'll continue to put themselves in position. Uh, but it, it like, and you can say the same thing about the Chiefs. Like, there's no guarantees that you're going to be back in the Super Bowl anytime soon. Um, and that's why, like, it hurt. And that's to your point about college. It's going to hurt Kyle Shannon a lot. He knows that. Yeah. Um, sure. And well, yeah. as long as they have McCaffrey too, I mean, I don't, I mean, I know running backs kind of have a short, short life cycle in the NFL, but I mean, he is, I've said it before. He is a game changer. And as long as he's out there, I think they're always going to be able to compete. I, I feel 
I really do feel bad for Brock Purdy. I mean, he's going to have to go the next, what, two years of just not being enough realistically because all these talking heads say, oh, you can't win the big ones. But I, I thought he played fairly well last night. Um, but I do really feel bad for him. So yeah. hopefully he can get back yeah. just for I think that. Yeah. And, and we, I mean, to talk about Brock Purdy's legacy, I think it's a rare we, – we touched on it at the beginning. But it's a rare situation where he lost the game. And he didn't necessarily move the conversation forward for himself. But he also, I don't think, moved it backward. I think people are either like in the same spot they were with Brock Purdy before the game or even a little bit um, more bullish on him. Uh, so I think he like goes into next year with like, it's not like a Super Bowl or bust. I can't prove to anyone that I'm good unless I win the Super Bowl, which is kind of the situation he was in this year. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the other thing is that the Niners were, I mean, ironically, until during the game, the Niners were almost completely healthy, which which doesn't um, very rarely happens in an NFL season and very rarely happens with a lot of the guys they have because, like, McCaffrey's prone to injury, uh, Samuel's prone to injury. So, you know, per- Purdy got hurt last year. So that's what Shanahan and, and the Niners also know is that they had, like, this perfect roster with perfect health. Um, you know, and then oddly they got they had a bunch of injuries in the game last night. Yeah, 49ers Bengals next year Super Bowl, calling it now. So just put your bets in now. Ooh, I like that. Oh yeah. It's gonna go into Burrowhead. Um all right. Uh let's 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 bite off the Chiefs side real quick here, uh and and, and get out of here pretty soon. Um I mean, it's the same conversation that you have. It's just with the full information now, which is like Andy Reid goat, Patrick Mahomes goat, and, and then to a lesser extent Travis Kelsey. Although I don't think people care that much about who the greatest tight end of all time is. Um, so I think we can take Mahomes first. He's. I think he's played his way to like where it is a, a two man conversation. Some people might still want to throw Montana in there. Um, but what I think Mahomes has done by winning his third Super Bowl MVP, having that moment, is he's put himself in a situation where he doesn't necessarily have to win seven Super Bowls to supplant Brady. And like he's, I think, within striking distance of like when it's all said and done, people saying, yeah, that's the greatest quarterback who ever played football. Yeah. I mean, we're at the, the funny thing is, is like if people are tired of the Mahomes legacy slash goat talk, they're about to get a lot more tired. Um, because, and because what, what I mean by that is like we're at the point where it, it is only the only thing to, to me, it's actually most comparable to Tiger and, and Jack when, when Tiger early in his career was chasing 18. And he got to 14 really quick because the only thing that matters to Mahomes at this point is, are you better than Brady? And can you get to seven? And so he's chasing seven. And so now like between three and seven, that's the only conversation we're having in my opinion. And it's, yeah, it's just which just Brady and Mahomes. And we got a long time until you, until you get there. Um, to me, like regardless of the, uh, regardless of the is he better than Brady talk and I 
I got to be a little bit careful because I'm a Chiefs fan to not over exaggerating this, but it's just like you're just just watching him is like like and watching greatness is incredible. Like the fact that he in these big moments always comes through Super Bowl, like had to go down and get a field goal. Got it. When the Niners kick that field goal, you're like, Mahomes is going to go get a touchdown. And, and like, like it's a, yeah. it's just this feeling of inevitability while you're watching it. And the fact that he gets better in the highest pressure, highest leverage situations. I heard something today that he's, he now has six game winning um, drives in like the last uh, two minutes of uh, fourth quarter overtime, which is tied for the most of all time with Tom Brady. And he's 28. Yeah. Which the, I think the fact that the feeling of inevitability came back in a year where you felt like it was gone, it, it makes it the more scary is like, as a chiefs fan, you know, like you used to always look for wait, how are they going to lose this game? Right. And then like Mahomes comes along and it's like, Oh, I'm pretty sure we're going to win no matter what's going on. And then that kind of like left this year uh, during the regular season and people weren't sure if it was going to come back in the playoffs. And then like he totally like in four games completely rewrote it to where like it's, it's there more than ever. It's stronger than ever. Totally. And Uh, I mean, we don't, we should probably, we don't need to run down this whole thing, but like, even in those six losses during the regular season, it's like in that Lions game, Tony dropped a 25-yard pass directly over the middle of the, middle of the field that basically puts them in field goal position. MVS drops the yeah. you know the touchdown against the Eagles. Tony's offside against the so like even I agree that you're watching the regular season and there's probably five times where you're like Mahomes is definitely going to go down and win this right. game and they didn't, but it but it was usually something stupid that happened or a play that someone didn't make other than Mahomes. Um, and yeah. That, um, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, I want to make one last point on this. Like I, I liked your tiger Jack comparison. Um, and just to extrapolate that out a little bit further. Um, I think the most likely end point for this Mahomes Brady thing is right where Tiger Jack ended, which is like Tiger got to 15. And and I, let's say Tiger Jack's over because Tiger Jack's over. Tiger got to 15, Jack won 18, and Tiger's never going to get the 18. But most people who watch Tiger Woods play golf peak. are just going to say, like, that's the best golfer I've ever seen play golf. Right. And I think that's the most likely outcome for this Mahomes-Brady thing is, like, maybe he wins five, six, four whatever it is and he'll never have the seven and there's still going to be the people who say like Brady has the seven he's the best ever but there's still going to be a large portion of people that say just like Mahomes is the best person I ever saw play quarterback I think you're I I think you're right although at the end of last year I would have definitely felt that because you're like two and it was a hard two in four years and now you're sitting here being like the guy's got three in five yeah. years. He's 28. Brady went from 28 yeah. to 38 without winning a title. And so if you, yeah. if you assume Mahomes and look at, there's a massive amount of assumptions, but like he gets one or two more and you're like now in the conversation, which no one ever thought people yeah. thought it'd be impossible to get in the conversation. So it's just, it's pretty wild. 
Yeah. I mean, if you want to take it by simple math, like he started six years, just times everything by three, and then you're you're there. Uh, but also, like, everybody assumed Tiger was getting there at some point. Um, and then, like, everything fell apart. Now, knock on wood, like, hopefully that never happens for Mahomes. But also, Brady's longevity is unrealistic for almost anyone else. Like, the fact that he won three in his 40s, the chances of Mahomes doing that are so low that, like, he's got to get it in a shorter period of time than Brady totally. did. You got to eat a lot of avocado. Yeah. Uh, Andy Reid, like, he's he has already announced that he's coming back uh, for next year. And I think he's just going to, like, ride this Mahomes thing as long as he can until his health says he can't anymore. Yeah. Which when's uh, What's Kelsey's shelf life going on here? Is she, I mean, is he... Uh... Is he gonna be done here next it, year? It's, just, it's limited. Uh, he's. I don't think he's done now. I think he's gonna like, go off into the sunset and go. Uh, I don't think go so. hang out with Tay Tay. He already. Come on, P. He already. Uh, he already said that he was not that he was coming back. But I do. I do think he is. This year was the beginning of the end for Kelsey in terms of like what he was. Um. So I think we're. I think you probably have one to three years left in him and that it will be a declining, you know, every year is my sense. Yeah. Like end of, if he plays this long, it'll be like the end of Tony Gonzalez's career in Atlanta. And I don't think he goes as long as Tony Gonzalez did, but um, I actually think the Taylor's, I mean, I don't know why I'm like trying to theorize about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift's love life, but I actually think if, that keeps being a thing. It actually probably keeps him playing longer because like if Taylor Swift is still out, like doing her whole thing, what's he going to do? Just like, you know, I don't know. Be your bodyguard, your bodyguard. Yeah. Like, I, like I think he, no, Hey, start a reality show. Probably. No, people are going to start a family real soon. You heard it here first. (laughs) Is anyone did, was anyone disappointed that we didn't get a proposal from Kelsey after the way that that game ended? I thought Taylor Swift was going to propose to Kelsey. Well, that's oh, what I heard. Modern proposal. <laughs> yeah, modern <laughs> proposal. That would have been crazy. Disappointed is probably. I mean, she could afford a bigger rock, like to give him, than vice versa. So, yeah. All right, I do actually have to. Uh, we got to get P to his date. Uh, you know, I got. That's true. I got. I got some kids. I got to take care of around here. Um, I, yeah. And I feel like Andy Reid's legacy is like inextricably tied with Mahomes, and maybe he gets three more, and we're talking about it. But I don't, I don't know that he can makes it that long. Coaching, not not living. Um, coaching. Yeah. Last thought on, on that on the Andy Reid thing is like he is tied to Mahomes, um, just like Belichick's tied to Brady. But I will say like Andy Reid's had an innumerable. A more success than Belichick had without Brady, like for sure, without Mahomes. So if if they were to happen to like, okay, the the Reed Mahomes era is equal to the Brady Belichick era, then Reed is clearly ahead of Belichick at that point. I agree with you. How many cheeseburgers do you think Andy Reid had last night and today? At least ten, right? Crushing cheeseburgers, just crushing cheeseburgers. Yeah. That's no, that's what, Which, I do like that. Honestly, like if he keeps winning Super Bowls, like the the crushing of the cheeseburgers is probably the 
the most likely thing to cause him to retire. So we need to too many cheeseburgers. Classic case of your success leading to your ultimate demise. (laughs) Demise. Uh, All right. Maybe next week we'll get into a little bit about like uh, the season or like everybody's season moving forward, what the off season looks like, all that good stuff. But we're going to call it a night. That's going to do it for Bro Storm Sports tonight. We got you caught up on Super Bowl 58. It was a fun show. As always, we'll see you next time.